0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. Ah. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's right now. Get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary today on the Charlie Kirk show. We dive into accusations that suggest that senators might have been involved in something nefarious right before the big stock market crash that was correlated with the Chinese coronavirus. And I just ask the question, why on earth is it wrong for students to film their professors, especially when the courses are online? And guess what? We come to the conclusion that I think you might agree with. And by the way, if you are a student out there, you should be filming your professor. And you can send us that content at freedom at charliekirk.com. If you have a professor that is acting out of bounds, email us, freedom at charliekirk.com. Great show in store. Please make sure you are subscribed to the Charlie Kirk Show. I know I say it every single episode, but those five-star ratings help us beat others in the podcast charts. And Joe China, also known as Joe Biden, now has a podcast. Are you really going to let Joe China beat us in the podcast charts? make sure you're subscribed, give us those five-star ratings, leave us a review, get a friend to do the same. Buckle up, everyone. This is one of my favorite episodes we have done in some time. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Charlie Kirk Show. We hope your quarantine, stay-at-home orders are going well. Uh, We want to thank all of you guys for supporting the Charlie Kirk Show and emailing us your questions. We are growing by leaps and bounds. And if you haven't yet, check out that fun conversation we had with Michael Knowles. Uh, It's uh, getting great feedback. And also, if you guys have any questions at all about that massive... $2 $2 trillion stimulus program. Go back a couple episodes, download that. Uh, I, it was one of the most thorough episodes that we have done uh, in the history of The Charlie Kirk Show. And you can email us by emailing us freedom at com. freedom at charliekirk.com. So this is still developing at the time of this recording, but I want to go into something that is totally related to the Chinese coronavirus and all the suffering and all the pain and all the death that people are feeling. And it also kind of goes into a theme that we talk about Here quite often on The Charlie Kirk Show, which is how the ruling class is able to operate under a different set of rules, a different set of laws than the rest of us. The kingdom of Washington, D.C. is filled with individuals that are parting this ruling class, if you will, the wise men of Washington, that think they can get away with basically anything. And so I want to hone in on one thing that is developing right now. The Department of Justice is now looking into this. The Wall Street Journal just wrote a piece about this about how a group of senators are now being investigated and the investigations are in their preliminary phase for selling stocks ahead of the Chinese virus market crash. Did they know anything? What's the story behind this? So let's go back in time. This story broke on March 19th. And by the way, this is mostly towards Republicans. I don't care. You know, there's people that say, well, Charlie, you can't, critique other conservatives and other Republicans. Wrong. That's not true. I will definitely take compromise on certain issues if that means that we have to broker big deals for the betterment of the country. But I will not stay silent if a member of the Republican Party does something unethical, does something illegal, and does something so brazen in the face of a suffering America. So on March 19th, it came out that Senator Richard Burr from North Carolina, who is not seeking re-election, that's a good thing for the country, basically sold his entire portfolio. He unloaded and liquidated his entire net worth in stocks totally and completely on February 13th in 33 separate transactions. We all know a couple weeks later, those stocks plummeted. So on February 13th, why would Richard Burr, Senator Richard Burr, essentially enact an entire fire sale of his portfolio? Remember, this is a Republican, and I, as a conservative Trump supporter, am critiquing this and going after this because this is wrong. This is unethical, and this is immoral. Remember, this was after his public assurances. He went and wrote a Fox News article basically saying this, quote, Thankfully, the United States today is better prepared than ever to face an emergency public health threat like the Chinese coronavirus. He said coronavirus in large part due to the work of the Senate Health Committee, Congress and the Trump administration. End quote. This was on February 7th, less than a week before he dumped his entire portfolio. So then on February 27th, a week after he liquidates his entire portfolio, I want want to just reinforce this. You would only fire, say, your whole portfolio if you knew something was coming up or if you needed the money so badly for a medical expense or for something that you just needed the cash for. It is so rare to liquidate your entire portfolio that stock advisors and financial experts, they would, be just, they would advise against it no matter what. They'd say long term, even if you think a crash is coming, hold on to your assets unless you felt and something cataclysmic and apocalyptic was on the horizon. In fact, let's play that tape of the secret recording of Senator Richard Burr talking to donors in a private club about how bad things actually could get. Play tape. There's one thing that I can tell you about this. It is much more aggressive in its transition than anything that we have seen in recent history. It's probably more akin to the 1918 pandemic. So here's him talking about it could be akin to the 1918 pandemic. But public Richard Burr, public Richard Burr says, oh no, we're better prepared than ever before. But privately, he is liquidating his stock. Privately, he is running for the hills. Privately, he's trying to preserve his own net worth and preserve his wealth. This is so unbelievably wrong and unethical. And I believe should be criminally investigated. I'm going to get into that in just one second. But getting in shape doesn't have to be about losing a specific number of weight or a magic number on the scale. It's about building healthier habits and feeling better about yourself. If fitting into your favorite pair of jeans is your goal, great. But there are many reasons why you might want to practice self-care and every person is different. Since everyone is different, Noom adjusts to your lifestyle. They teach you the psychology behind the decisions you make and then help you keep track of everything from workouts and steps to analyzing your diet and recommending healthy recipes. Noom also connects you with a personally assigned goal specialist and a community of other Noomers. So you have all the support you need to empower your change. What types of support help you thrive and reach your goals? Here's why Noom works. You take physical, psychological, and social goals altogether for better self-care, helps you the ability to make better choices, and you can integrate Noom into your life. With specific lessons, you learned about psychology or your habits. You have food logging about how easy it is to keep track of what you eat and how you learn about what you eat. It's totally flexible. It works with your lifestyle. It's based in psychology. It's not a diet. It's a healthy, easy-to-stick-to way of life. No food is good or bad or off-limits. And Noom doesn't tell you what to do and what not to do. It teaches you how to look inside and make better decisions. You don't have to change it all in one day, so small steps make big progress. Sign up right now, noom.com slash charlie. What do you have to lose? Noom.com slash charlie. Start your free trial today, noom.com slash charlie. Now it's important to remember that Richard Burr is, of course, the chairman of the powerful Senate Intelligence Committee and a member of the Gang of Eight. And so, just by any sort of logical analysis of this, Senator Richard Burr, of course, knew things were getting worse in the Chinese coronavirus. And here's a question that hasn't been asked. And I, I, again, I don't trust our intelligence community. They're the ones that spied on President Donald Trump and lied about it and covered it up and knew FISA. Uh, news has been showing that there's been so much irregularities, in fact, actual illegal activity. But the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency, we spend billions and billions and billions of dollars every single year in the CIA, and some of which is not even accounted for. How did the CIA not have agents or assets on the ground in China that knew how bad this virus was getting? I mean, we have assets in every country across the world. I I, I don't understand how they, our CIA agents in China did not put a cable to Washington, D.C., or maybe they did. Because I actually think the agency's really good at what they do. Now, do I always think they make the right decisions? No. But the agency, when the agency wants to topple a government, they get it done. When the agency wants to find something out, they get it done. When the agency wants to infiltrate a certain institution, the agency gets it done. Okay? I've talked to former people in the CIA. You could read about it both in novel form or in actual form. You could read Tom Clancy book. And I actually... Tom Clancy actually gets this stuff really correct because Tom Clancy was actually used as a reference in the Afghan war because he knew so much about the inner workings of the Taliban terror network. So you can actually learn more about the inner workings of our government by a Tom Clancy film than almost anything else or a Tom Clancy book, if you will. So the agency should know about it. Not to mention, we have a Center for Disease Control office in China that didn't know about it, allegedly. I actually think it's more likely that the inner workings of our government knew how bad this was. They knew that it was an infectious disease. And two things happened. They willingly ignored it, or the really astute people sent around a memo and they didn't tell the president immediately about it. I think that's probably more likely. They thought that this would harm and destroy the president of the United States. And Senator Richard Burr, would not have sold his entire stock portfolio of a market that was going up, of a market that was growing, of a market that was continually rising, unless he felt that there was something so apocalyptic on the horizon. Not to mention, Senator Richard Burr was also one of the authors of the Pandemic and All Hazards Preparedness Act. So Senator Richard Burr is claiming innocence here, and everyone deserves to be innocent until proven guilty. However, it does not look very good for him at all. Now, for, all, for, for those that don't know, this is how corrupt Washington, D.C. is. This is how rotten to the core the kingdom of Washington, D.C. is. This stuff happens all the time. And under President Obama, believe it or not, they passed a good bill that has not really been enforced called the Stock Act, which is supposed to prevent inside trading from members of Congress. And because, of course, they're being briefed on things that other people don't know. And so to try to get around this, Senator Richard Burr says, oh, no, I was I was reading publicly available news reports. So just so that we're all clear, any prosecutor worth his salt and any investigator in the Department of Justice will immediately cross examine Senator Richard Burr and his very high priced counsel. Hey, Richard Burr, you're going to be spending a lot of that one point three million dollars on legal fees very soon because of what you did his counsel should be asked, and he should be asked, well, if you were reading public news reports, why were you creating public news reports and opinion pieces against the actions that you actually took? Why were you doing that? Why, why did you sell your entire portfolio? Do you have a track record of those kind of volume of transactions? By the way, all these things actually come into account when they're trying to weigh whether or not they're going to press charges. Now, the likelihood of the DOJ actually pressing charges against Senator Richard Burr is not very high it's very low unless they're able to convince a judge to subpoena his internal communications but we already have his internal communications we have a we have a voice recording of him talking at a club telling donors that this is actually like the Spanish flu of 1918 when his public comments are saying that everything is fine and rosy and we're more prepared than ever before so we already have enough for anyone in the Department of Justice to essentially open a very serious criminal investigation. And guess what? They went after people like Roger Stone and Paul Manafort with way less evidence than this, like way less evidence. Martha Stewart, she went to prison with way less evidence than this, like not even close. So I hope the Department of Justice goes after this aggressively because my stock portfolio, it's not very much money, but it's still my money, was severely damaged. I know people that had their entire life savings go down by 40%, and yet the ruling class Senator Richard Burr is able to liquidate his entire portfolio. Now, I would have had so much respect for Senator Richard Burr if he would have sold all of his stocks, and then he would have done an exclusive interview the next morning with the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, or Breitbart, and said, I just sold my entire stock portfolio because I'm worried about." What's going to happen with the Chinese coronavirus or the coronavirus or COVID-19 or whatever political correct thing he was supposed to say? Do you know why I would have respected him for that? Because it would have been the truth. Instead, he's a liar. He's a dishonest hack. And at the very least, he should be removed from the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee. I mean, what else is this guy doing? What other cables is he getting? And by the way, one of the worst kept secrets in Washington, D.C., is how often these senators liaison with foreign nationals. I mean, senators talk with foreign dignitaries, they talk talk with heads of state all the time. And so what's to say that Senator Richard Burr was not getting intelligence reports as the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee straight from the Wuhan province saying, oh yeah, this thing could be potentially 30 times more infectious than the common flu and this could destabilize world markets. For any of you out there that own stocks at all whatsoever, what would it take for you to sell all your stocks? What would it take? Probably pretty verifiable evidence, proof, or a conviction that you think the market is going to crash. So we'll leave Senator Burr aside for just one second because he's not the only senator under scrutiny. There's another one, a little bit less compelling of a case, but still there's some huge questions that need to be answered. This is Senator Kelly Loeffler. Senator Kelly Loeffler is a newly appointed senator from the state of Georgia. She was appointed by Governor Brian Kemp uh, in defiance of the President of the United States recommendation. He did not want Senator Loeffler to be appointed to this position. He wanted somebody else. Brian Kemp appointed Senator Loeffler, who is very, very wealthy. She just so happens to be married to the chairman of the New York Stock Exchange. Funny how that all works out. So she, on January 24th, conveniently sold between $1.2 million and $3.1 million dollars Worth of stock in the first three weeks of January 24th, the day of a closed-door all-senator briefing on the coronavirus. Interesting how that works. So that's not that unusual. Senator Kelly Loeffler went on Tucker Carlson, and to be fair, she actually did a very good linguistic job of defending herself. I actually think she was well coached, and she has a pretty high IQ, and she's obviously not a dummy, and she she did well. She defended herself, and she was really well rehearsed. But there was a question that I wished would have been asked, and it's, this is the entire. There's there's two questions that need to be asked to Senator Kelly Loeffler. First, she says that this whole thing was in a blind trust. She says she has nothing to do with it financial advisor, someone else is managing her money for her. That's all fair and fine. A lot of the senators do that. A lot of people I know do that. Nothing necessarily wrong with that. However, she never denied or mentioned or was asked whether or not she had communications with that financial advisor. That was never asked. So that's the first question. Excuse me, Senator Loeffler, did you have any communications with this financial advisor? And if you did, did you signal to him that there might be some turbulent times ahead? Which goes to the second question. How would this financial advisor know or have the gut instinct to buy six figures worth of stock, anywhere between $100,000 and $250,000 of Citrix? Now, you want to know what that company does? I'm telling you right now, you guys are going to be blown away when you hear about this. Hang on just one second. But first, taxes. That's one thing we all have to deal with this time of year. And as a business owner, it's critical to know all your options. That's why you guys got to lean on this terrific company. They do a great job, LegalZoom. I'm telling you, with LLCs, the Charlie Kirk show, questions I have about Turning Point USA, LegalZoom is there to help. Whether it be any sort of company you want to start or companies you have right now, if you're trying to wonder, like, hey, what am I? Supposed, did I get any money in the stimulus for my company? My, how do I categorize this loan I might be getting? How do I recategorize my losses or layoffs? Or maybe your company's a grocery store and you're doing better than ever. Well, God bless you if that's the case. Well, LegalZoom has those answers. With LegalZoom, you don't have to worry about doing all the legwork yourself. They have a community of lawyers, independent attorneys, thank goodness, and tax professionals to help you guys. Tons of resources. So they provide the advice you need to ensure you're operating your business the way you want to. So for all you listening out there, they think, oh, I got this covered. Really? Do you know whether or not the money the government's sending you is tax-free or not? The answer is not that simple, actually. It should be, but there are some people where it's not. And guess what? LegalZoom can get you that answer. I'm not, I'm not an attorney. I'm not an accountant. That's why you need them. Don't go to some other big firm. LegalZoom is the way to go. It isn't a law firm. So you save time and money while avoiding hourly fees. Totally disruptive straight to the consumer. Whether you need to incorporate or form an LLC or set up your business or get answers, LegalZoom's the way to maximize your business potential and make your accountant happy. Get your business on the right track for 2020 by visiting LegalZoom.com. Use the code CHARLIE for special savings. That's LegalZoom.com. Use the code CHARLIE. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. So, tricks. What is Citrix? You guys have probably never heard of this company before. But this, in my opinion, is not a good look for Senator Kelly Loeffler. tricks? offers popular teleworking software and allows people to essentially tele-network from home. So why on earth would she buy those stocks and sell the other stocks? So let me get this straight. Senator Kelly Loeffler, her blind trust financial analyst, decides to sell millions of dollars a stock but conveniently buy just one type of stock, a company that specializes in tele-networking. Now, again, everyone is innocent until proven guilty. And if there is a true and honest, innocent response to this, I want to hear it. Not to mention, practically every line item in the new, quote, relief bill was for tele-networking. Interesting. The Treasury Department, Department of Energy, we read through that in the previous episode. A lot of money going towards tele-networking right now from the federal government. So is it fair to say that a senator might have given a wink and a nod to a blind trust financial analyst and said, tough times are coming. I think a lot of people are going to be working from home soon. Talk to you later. Bye. If that was said, she broke the law. Now, I'm not saying that was said, but that would be an explanation for this because she owes everyone an explanation. Now I'm not talking about necessarily legally. I understand the for her the statute of her getting prosecuted is higher than Senator Richard Burr. Senator Richard Burr we again, a prosecutor with any sort of courage could throw an indictment at him very very soon. Okay? Legal experts are saying that all across the country, okay? However, Senator Loeffler, not as much. Just just because there's a pattern of her buying and selling stock, she's really rich. Senator Richard Burr not rich. He liquidated everything. Now, Senator, you might, the counter argument will be, well, Senator Loeffler has so much money. Why would she do this? We have seen really rich people do really foolish things for a micron of their net worth. Okay. That's a bad argument. Just dismiss that. Okay. Even when someone is worth billions of dollars, sometimes they go to jail over tens of thousands of dollars of miscategorized expenses or for lying under oath of things that are just so silly and so stupid. So that's a bad argument. So would it be fair to say that maybe Kelly Loeffler gave a wink and a nod to a certain prosecutor? By the way, this is me going after a Republican and asking these questions because we on the Charlie Kirk show, we critique the left for not going after their own, but we police our own when they act unethically. And we will get to Dianne Feinstein and we will get to the Democrats that also did this. Okay. Because it's not just Republicans, but it was mostly Republicans. And we're going to get into some of the other ones. The other ones are probably in safe harbor, but it doesn't look good. It's bad optics. But Senator Kelly Loeffler, you owe the people of Georgia and the people of our country an explanation to explicitly come out, to explicitly come out and say, I did not have a conversation with my blind trust, safe harbor policy, financial advisor, and tell him not to buy sick tricks. Who would actually go buy six figures of Citrix? Telenetworking software unless you thought that people would be working from home. That's not a normal thing to do, to liquidate 90%, $3 million in liquid- liquidation, and the one thing you purchase in that period of time after a private briefing on how people might have to go home and go towards bioweapon protocols, which is, by the way, what we're going through right now, just so you understand every protocol, we I'm not saying this is a bioweapon. I'm not. Some people are saying that. We don't know that. It could be either way. But the protocols that we're following are as if this was a bioweapon. Shelter in place. No public gatherings. Social distancing. That's all what happens if a bioweapon was released upon us. Okay? So if she heard in a particular briefing that those protocols might be followed, it would be a financially logical thing to do. But Ethically immoral and borderline illegal thing to tell your blind trust financial advisor to go buy telenetworking stock. For the people of Georgia, I hope you go demand a question of your senator right now. It's just a question, by the way. No senator is above the law. Just because all of a sudden you get senator in front of your name, that doesn't mean that you can't go to jail. That doesn't mean you can't be held accountable. That doesn't mean you can't all of a sudden be held against standards. Senator Richard Burr is in a much more legal predicament. Senator Kelly Loeffler, not so much. So Senator Inhofe of Oklahoma, Senator David Perdue of Georgia, Ron Johnson Wisconsin, and Diane Feinstein of California, uh, they were lumped in as well because they made convenient stock sales as well upon some investigation... David Perdue sold a bunch of stock in January and February, 57 transactions, but he also purchased the bunch. So that kind of is a wash. And the types of stocks that he purchased actually end up going down. It's tough to see anything suspect there. He should still be investigated. Ron Johnson, a uh, friend of mine, but uh, there's cl- it's so categorically different. He should also be investigated. I think he'll be easily cleared. He sold between 5 to $25 million a stake in his brother's privately held company on March 2nd, well after the general public was aware of the COVID-19. Then there's Diane Feinstein. Her husband's $1 to $5 million sale of shares in biopharmacy company Allergen actually came at a low point in its stock's value, as noted by Barron's a few weeks ago. Uh, so this all came from a reporter from the Daily Beast, Lachlan Marquet, who does some good work and uh, deserves credit for this. So all these senators are sort of wrapped up in the same narrative. Some of them have some more, quote, financial blood on their hands than others. Senator Kelly Loeffler, and especially Senator Richard Burr, are in much more legal question, and especially Senator Richard Burr, just inexcusable. You don't liquidate your entire portfolio and not expect blowback. So all of this opens up a larger question as to whether or not senators should be trading stocks so freely with insider knowledge. I think a very easy amendment to the Stock Act, which just so conveniently that Richard Burr voted against uh, eight years ago, should be that if you're going to trade and if you want to, if you want to do this stuff, 24-hour reporting period. You have to report within 24 hours so we can see what you're trading on. I think that's fair. I mean, I I, I don't think there's anything cumbersome. I don't think there's anything uh, arduous. I don't think there's anything prohibitive about asking for a 24-hour reporting period. Again, the Stock Act was supposed to prevent this. And Richard Burr's going to say, oh, I was reading public reports. Your own public reports you put out contradict your own private behavior. Investigate these senators. They deserve the truth. They are not above the law. So another coronavirus kind of related controversies. Um, I kind of go into something personal and it's something it's just so perplexing and co- confusing to me and, and maybe. Maybe you guys can help me understand this because for, I've asked my team, I've asked other people why this has become so controversial. I mean, of all the fire tweets I send out, and thank you guys for those of you that retweet me and follow me on Twitter. Uh, we work very hard on my Twitter, so I appreciate all of you. We have a great team that helps me research and helps me um, continually stay on top of the news. On March 22nd, I sent out this tweet because I read an article from Campus Reform that said professors are worried that their lectures might be taped and spread uh, because of uh, all the cl- classes going online. So I said, Of course, they should be worried, but they also should be happy. So I sent out this tweet. I said, To all college students who have their professors switching to online classes, please share any and all videos of blatant indoctrination with TPUSA at slash contact us. Now is the time to document and expose this radicalism that has been fec- infecting our schools. Transparency. So, by the way, this blew up. It wasn't even one of my better engaged tweets, but. I don't always I don't really look at my Twitter mentions by the way it's very therapeutic it's it's actually kind of fun how I can clear my head and just put something out there and people are saying Charlie you're getting ripped on Twitter I'm like eh, I don't really see what they're saying and don't really care so just keep it coming I I hope you guys get some sort of you know pleasure in hate tweeting me because I'm not seeing it so Please continue. But so everyone was like, oh, Charlie, the professors are coming after you. I said, wait, wait wait a second. Why are they so upset? So the Daily Beast says, right-wing tricksters want to discredit academia by recording Zoom classes. Uh, Breitbart had a great one. Professors worry their bias will be exposed by online classes. The New York Daily News said, and this article was actually pretty nuanced, but the, the, the headline was out of control. It said this, it said, the threat to academic liberty comes from both sides on Charlie Kirk's call for policing professors' speech. Again, I love kind of playing the supervillain against Marxist indoctrination. I'm going to relish it. In fact, I actually think it's more of like a superhero archetype than a supervillain. But if someone needs to play the villain against these people that teach our kids they hate America and teaches them everything wrong about Western civilization and Judeo-Christian values, where do I sign up for that? Because I'm all into that. So anyway, here's what I can't understand is these professors, they should love the fact that the world wants to see what they have to say. I mean, if these professors think they're like Yo-Yo Ma, why not want to be recorded? I mean, These professors all think they're the smartest thing that God ever put on this earth. I mean, if they think they're modern-day Socrates, then so what? Why are you worried that other people are going to be filming you and publicizing you? If you are worried about being exposed, you have something to hide. If you're worried about someone filming you while you're instructing the next generation of students, maybe you should be worried about what you're teaching, not worried that that actually might go viral. If you're worried that a student might film you and quote-unquote expose you, Maybe you should take a second guess at what you're actually talking about. What you're worried about is that the secret might be out about your far left-wing deconstructionist Marxist garbage ideology might actually go to the public sphere. So a couple more thoughts on this. Number one, students are going into debt to learn this garbage from you. And by the way, if it's not garbage and it's wonderful and it's intellectual and it's fair and it's diverse and it's equitable and it's wonderful and open then you got nothing to hide. Then people are going to say, what a wonderful professor. I'm going to want to take his class. Or maybe it might, might, might not go viral at all and all your fears will be dispelled. But if students are going into debt to take your class, they have a right as a customer to film you and to do whatever the heck they want with that film. They own that as much as you do. They are the customer. Maybe they want to use it for future use. Maybe they want to go to modern day Descartes or modern day Rousseau and learn from you in the future. So they could reference Dr. Whatever your name is, Dr. Smith, as we'll use for the purpose of this podcast. So they can learn about how to hate America 10 years from now. And by the way, not all professors are bad. Some of them are really good. I know there's some really good constitutional law professors and great conservative professors. And some of them have been worried about this. Oh, well, we're really worried about What are you worried about? I mean, you think I'm worried about having the Charlie Kirk Show be publicized? I want more people to listen to the Charlie Kirk Show. In fact, please subscribe to the Charlie Kirk Show. Type in Charlie Kirk Show, your podcast provider, and hit subscribe. In fact, these professors should be rejoicing. Yes, more people might actually know about me and listen to me. Instead, they're worried? Only cowards and people that have something to hide worry about. And the second part is this. Imagine the amount of reform that actually might be done if professors know that someone's looking over their shoulder. Maybe the blatant anti-American left-wing nonsense might actually come to a stop. Maybe the professor that called Donald Trump a syphilitic Nazi from University of Nevada, Las Vegas might stop saying that. Maybe the Kent State professor that equated conservatives to modern-day Third Reich rulers might actually quell what he's saying. Maybe the professor at Kent State that has nice things to to say about ISIS might actually calm that down. Maybe the professor that said that The people of Houston deserve the hurricane because they voted for Donald Trump. Maybe he might reconsider that. Maybe the professor at Georgetown University that's now back teaching our kids who said that white men's corpses should be fed to pigs during the Kavanaugh hearing. Maybe she might not talk about the murder of white people in her class. So, yes, film your professors, any young people out there, film them all publicize everything. Don't let them intimidate you. They're trying to intimidate you to not be a conservative. This is garbage. This is nonsense. These professors act like victims despite them earning hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, not doing the service to their students, having teacher assistants fill in for them every other class, filling up the lecture halls that look closer to the Dallas Cowboys Jerry Jones Arena than an intimate classroom environment, and they have the gumption and the gall to say that, oh, we we don't want to be exposed and we don't want higher education to be under attack. It's well past time they get under attack because they've been under attack for our students for years. They've been attacking our country for decades. And so, look, the Koch network, of which I, I don't receive any funding from the cokes despite what people say. I'm not against the Koch brothers. I'm not for the Koch brothers. I, I really don't put that much thought against them. I have, some, I have some friends and some other people that do support them. And some really, really good people are part of that network. But they came after me personally. And Turning Point USA, they said that, quote, inciting harassment against scholars isn't just wrong at a time when many are seeking out new ways to engage their students during a crisis. It's always wrong, says Charles Kruger of Charles Koch Foundation, vice president of philanthropy. Targeting, intimidating, and otherwise attempting to silence academic chills the open exchange of ideas and in turn chokes off progress, end quote. I'm just so confounded about why this is controversial. First of all, I've never said to target or intimidate. I said to document and publicize. Big difference. Targeting and intimidating would say, go to your professor's home and tell them to stop teaching about left-wing values. I've never said anything like that. Intimidating. You think that documenting and publicizing is intimidation? This is garbage. This is nonsense. And again, for the Koch brothers, I agree that we should get rid of the Export-Import Bank. I, I can agree with them that taxes should be lowered. Totally disagree with them on immigration. Like, they're so unbelievably wrong on immigration. Again, I don't receive Koch network funding. I, I just, I don't understand why they would take that sort of cheap shot. And we responded publicly. And it's just disappointing and confusing. And by the way, they're just trying to appease the anti-American Marxist left with this statement. They're just tr- they care about what the Marxists actually think about them. And by the way, professors are still free to teach whatever they want to. Professors, if you want to continue your indoctrination, fine. We're going to be there to document it and publicize it. We are now trying to make sure that your wonderful ideas get heard by a very, very big audience. If you're afraid of that, you have something to hide. With currently no basketball, no NHL, no Major League Baseball. I know. My goodness. You might think there's nothing to bet on. Will you be wrong? There's something to get excited about. Our partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of sports events and games to wager on, or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol stock prices, and even the weather. Visit the website or use your mobile device and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner at Podcast One. Bet online to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code Podcast One for your 100% sign up bonus. Visit betonline.ag and don't forget that promo code Podcast One for your 100% sign up bonus. Bet online, your online sports book experts. So to kind of close out the show, uh, President Trump today called for a two trillion dollar infrastructure bill as phase four of the Chinese coronavirus response. I, for one, and I I know I'm kind of in the minority. I I don't like big government programs. I don't like spending. But I, for one, believe that if we would just cut all foreign aid and reallocate it towards infrastructure, I'd be totally all for that. And so it's just I, I would much rather see us build bridges and schools in America than Afghanistan, than in Syria than in countries that burn our flag and hate our guts. And by the way, this previous bill that we did, $2 trillion that we hammered really, really hard in the previous episode, I much would have rather have seen an infrastructure bill that put people to work and offered value for the country, airports, new highways, things of that nature, than this universal basic income reverse demand side redistributionism that just does not work. I do want to see public-private partnerships. The question is, how will this be paid for? I'm a deficit hawk. I'm a debt hawk. Our debt is going to be one of the greatest threats to our freedom and liberty in the future. And so we're going to have to find a way to pay for this. And I think we can pay for it by doing Chinese coronavirus bonds and actually selling bonds to the American people at a little bit higher interest rate. So hear me out here. You go to the American people, offer these on the public market, their treasury bills, but for a specific purpose. You go and buy them and you get certain interest rates annually for owning them. That way the federal government can get this financed through the American people and pay it back. I'm a huge believer in bonds. But the president may have a roadblock in the Senate. Many uh, oppose raising new taxes to pay for infrastructure, adding new deficit spending to fund it. I'm in the minority of this, but I think that if you ended the carried interest loophole, you could have a huge win for the American people. It is an unfair and unnecessary loophole that benefits Wall Street. The president campaigned on ending it. It's very populist. And yes, some would argue it means raising taxes, but I think we should cut payroll taxes to nothing for workers earning less than $100,000 a year permanently and offset that deficit with closing the carried interest deduction. And I guess what? I would also make an argument that companies like Amazon and GE should pay something in income tax. I actually, I actually think that we could find commonality with the left. That if you're a huge transnational, multi-billion dollar corporation, you should be paying for something in income tax. And yes, you pay property tax. And yes, they pay FICA. And yes, they pay all those sorts of things. But paying nothing in income tax, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's fair. I think that's cronyism through and through. So we are going to be covering this infrastructure bill and so much more on The Charlie Kirk Show. So guys, please email us your questions. Freedom at com. Freedom at com. We haven't asked me anything coming up. We got more episodes coming up. Go back on The Charlie Kirk Show archives. And if you guys want to get involved with the Turning Point USA, Go to tpusa.com. That's tpusa.com. We're still planning for future events. We're starting chapters. Chip in some money. tpusa.com. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And make sure you guys are subscribed to The Charlie Kirk Show. Type in Charlie Kirk Show, hit subscribe, give us those five star ratings. Thanks so much, and God bless. From the creators of Cold Case Files and PD Stories, come the next great true crime podcast. I Survive. Every week, I Survived presents chilling first-person accounts from people who overcame deadly situations, allowing the survivors to describe the events as they unfolded and how they made it out alive. If you love true crime, you are going to love I Survived. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast apps so you can get new episodes every week. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees,